0: Episode 59 of Board Games with Varian Hex is all about the seventh installment of the Board Game Geek GenCon 2022 preview list. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Adam and I talk about games that will be for sale at GenCon from Low Tech Games LLC, Lucky Duck Games, Mr. B Games, Navoo Games, Next Move Games, North Star Games, Nuts Publishing, and The Op. The episode description will have links for all the games we mentioned, as well as a link to the Board Game Geek list. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Adam talking about the Board Game Geek Gen Con
1: 2022
0: preview. We're back in it with Low Tech Games, LLC, and they're just doing one thing, and that thing is not graphic design.
1: Well, that thing is naming things, it looks like.
0: Yes, we have the 2022 name the thing. It's a hilarious and dynamic party card game for three-plus players who must name all the things. A voting party game, which I think means it's, I don't know that it's apples to apples, but I think it's not, not that.
1: It is. It's, yeah. Oh, is it? it? <laughs> I looked it up a little because I like a party okay. game. So I'm like, yeah. oh, you know what? Maybe this will be the next hot craze in uh, this household. And it will not be because it's just okay. apples to apples, but like super vague, it seems like. Like, okay. imagine you had to name something wacky. Can oh, you name it?
0: Can you name a wacky thing? Well, they are going all in on the concept because they have named the thing after dark. Now, I would say if I was ranking the things that I. Don't like zombies. War games are pretty, both pretty high in there. I think zombies are higher than war games. I think After Dark editions, oh, it could be the top of the list for the thing that I like the least because I think it just, uh, I think it's usually pretty lazy way to get people to laugh through awkwardness. I think the same thing about, uh, like you know, comedians if they're just kind of going to that well, just to make people awkward enough to laugh, and then they get a laugh, and then they're kind of confirmed. I don't find it clever or interesting. I find it, uh, I find it lazy.
1: Agree, and I think that it's ironic that it's always like called for adults when I yeah. really feel like the target audience is like 14 to 16.
0: Right, but I don't know. I now having been an adult for some time, my theory is that actually once you hit teenager, you don't have to grow up anymore. And there's a lot of people that pick that option. Like, they don't. And this isn't, you might have fun with this, and you just like a giggle, and why does everything have to be so serious? And yeah, that's fine. Like, I'm villainizing it more than it really needs to be. This is a heavily personal opinion. So, you know what? If you thought Name the Thing was fun, but you only wished it was After Dark, they've made that. It's $15. They have retail, retail, why? I can't say it. You go for it.
1: I tried to make it rhyme earlier in my head and I said, retail hell. And it's not what it is. It's retail, not hail, retail hell. It's harder than you think to say it. And if anybody listening goes, that's not hard at all, say it right now. Yeah, pause. Say it. Say it. (laughs) No, there's no way they said it.
0: (laughs) I, when you're reading it, you immediately know what it is. And then I thought it was just a me thing that I couldn't get that to come out of my mouth as fast as I was reading it. And that's, these are things about retail. So moving on, uh, then sports ball. These are things about sports and that's name the thing. So if what you want is a new, that kind of party game, name the thing is there for you for what? 30, 60, $75. It seems like you could have the whole thing. Hopefully they'll do a bundle deal for you. If you want to play this hilarious and dynamic party card game.
1: Oh, well, I bet they will. And yeah. it seems like there's, I mean, in the pictures, there's a play mat as well. I and that's the only visually appealing thing.
0: Yeah. And, you know, keeping costs down. I can't, you, They've got to be making quite a bit on every one of these. It doesn't look like there's high production value here. No. But I'm moving on to Lucky Duck Games. we have honestly spent more time on Name the Thing than I even I care to. Now, this game that they've listed here for sale, it's a wonderful kingdom. This is the English second edition. And I think second edition must mean just the not. Kickstarter edition because I have the Kickstarter edition of this. I like it. It's a Wonderful Kingdom is the next in the series of uh, It's a Wonderful World. So you there's a little more going on, but the core concept of what you're doing, kind of how you're getting resources and playing these cards is not too different. The card uh, layout is the same I believe. There's a I cut you choose bit to this one. A little bit of betting and bluffing but not so much bluffing that like you feel like you're being lied to and hate everything, which I uh, oh, yeah. doesn't take me long to get to that. You are kind of picking up and setting down cards on either side of the board, and you're just putting them face down, and there's some cards you don't want but inevitably have in your hand. So you're kind of trying to decide, okay, if what... I want the face-up cards, but how many face-down cards are there and how likely are they to hurt me? It's that kind of betting and bluffing. So it's nothing... It's nothing too crazy uh, as far as that goes. It's uh, $45, and the Kickstarter edition came with, like, a sleeve over it, and I don't know if it had more components or more content inside than that. So I don't really know what's going to come in this standard edition.
1: Now, I played It's a Wonderful World, Mm -hmm. which I enjoyed. Is this... How different is this to a person who may have also only played that?
0: It's, It's not that different. It's really, like, more... So instead of okay. just getting these cards and so in the regular one, I think you're drafting the cards and you get the chance to play the cards and you are playing those to kind of build up this engine of being able to get resources and points. You're still doing that here, but you end up getting more options for different types of cards. And then there are these like scenarios that pair with it where you're trying to complete these other objectives with like slightly different setups so the game will tell you you can't play it without doing one of these scenarios but honestly i did it and no one came and stopped me oh. so that's that's what's going on is it's kind of adding more different types of cards and different kinds of challenges and then it is only one or two player game the other it's a wonderful world i think goes up to four possibly more this it's a wonderful kingdom it's only ever one or two so you're okay. doing this eye cut. The, when you do the eye cut, you choose part, it's what you're giving to your opponent and the balance of kind of who's ending up with what. If you saw it on the table, you wouldn't immediately know that it wasn't It's a Wonderful World.
1: It's exactly what I thought when I looked at the pictures of this, which okay. is why I asked, because it looked yeah the same with like, you know, some different faces, some different terrain.
0: Right, right. But it wouldn't be the kind of thing where if you didn't like... It's a Wonderful World, I can't imagine suggesting this to you. Mm. Like, it's it's that similar where if you didn't like that, I don't see how this feels like more of the same thing. It doesn't feel like different to me anyway.
1: Gotcha. That is good advice there. Don't, yeah. don't go into this thinking, they've made all these changes. I can come back to look no. at the games.
0: And it's also not just a default, it's the game again, or like an expansion, which would be very easy to think given just the entire similar look to it. I think it is harder to find out, wait, what is different? And what is this actually?
1: Like, it's so similar, I think it can be a bit confusing. You know what else is confusing? The logo for Lucky Duck Games. Is that a duck on their logo?
0: I think so.
1: Boy. Okay.
0: And they have Lucky Duck Games, and I want to think that they now have, like, I can't remember what it's called, but they have, like, a spinoff that is for kids games as well.
1: With like a more approachable duck character hopefully
0: <laughs> i i think that it does have a more approachable duck it doesn't it doesn't look like a duck it almost looks more like a skeleton or some kind of evil night creature
1: yeah you know like the dog bone people from it's all dogs go to heaven like those creatures that come out of the swamp that's what it looks like
0: i will i don't know what you're talking about but if you said swamp creature games i'd be like oh this must be their logo
1: <laughs> yeah
0: so yeah Mr. B B Games. Mr. B's Games. Mr. Well, yeah, Mr. B Games.
1: Oh, not Mr. B's Games. Yeah. Sorry. Is that a B on there?
0: The logo isn't really, like, that different from Lucky Duck Games.
1: No, it's the same color palette.
0: And they seem to be doing a little bit of war games. First is Built for War, Design, Build, and Destroy World War II Tanks. As you were talking about in the previous episode... Yeah, it's often World War II. Yep. This has a free solo module included with a $10 discount at Gen Con 2022. Now, it is $70. It's one to four players. And this is action drafting, command cards, and, as we've stated, World War
1: II. Oh, yeah. There's definitely an uncle. Sure. A neighbor who's into this. like yeah. it's, not, it's not me or you, I don't think. But nope. like, definitely... Someone it's the, is it's the
0: art you're expecting. It might be a touch better than the art you're expecting. I'll say that much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the concept I kind of get. Like, If you're playing a war game, you're like, look, tanks are pretty cool. I just want to, like, design one and build and destroy it. Like, it seems like that's uh, fair enough of a yeah. game style.
0: Yeah. Their next one is an expansion for Hellenica's Story of Greece. And this is the Leaders and Legends. But as an expansion... It says $65.
1: In 180 minutes. I hope that's not like on top of straight up Hellenica.
0: Oh, the regular one. And this also says $10 discount at Gen Con 2022 or half off with purchase of base game. All right. Now we're talking. These are the first ones that have said like, here's the deals that we're going to have at Gen Con. So half off of this, that seems way better.
1: This board is intense. Wow. Oh,
0: I have not looked at the board yet. Oh, pull So this, this is a picture. 2021 it's, game. It's worth every bit. One to seven players. Whoa! It is the size yeah. of a table. <laughs> yep. These people, like people, there's a picture of people playing it on what seems to be a, I'd say a standard six person table, like a six seater table. And they have been relegated to the very edges of that table. Yep. Like the board is, it sure looks like dudes on a map. Lots of little minis. If that's what you're into, this, and that makes the price, when you see all this, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and you got to ship that somewhere, too? Yeah, you got (laughs) to. Right. That's going to cost some money.
1: Oh, it looks, yeah, it looks intense. Not my kind of game. Too much involved, because I can't be losing sleep over, like, will Crete fall or not tomorrow, which I Yeah,
0: yeah, it's long playtime, big game. Area majority influence, area movement, so ancient, one of the tags. (laughs) Uh, Now, Thunder Rolls, however, one to eight players, 20 to 60 minutes. Age is eight plus. Now it's $85. So I'm interested to click through here and see, oh, there's little cars inside. There are little cars. So Thunder Rolls looks like a NASCAR kind of vibe.
1: And we as a group like a racing game. We do. Of games. We do. This is a racing game.
0: This is true. Um, I don't, (laughs) and it looks like they have like generic ads on the cards. So on the cars. Oh, Fun Again Games. is I wonder if someone painted these cars
1: themselves. Wouldn't that be disappointing if they're just, like, wooden cars that are blank and you think you're getting colorful, bright cars?
0: Someone has made a Lucky Charms car, so I think we can go ahead and say that that's not how these come. Hmm. But they've done a fun job. Yes. They've done a fun job. So I don't know what the actual game comes with, because I believe we're looking at some custom creations here. But the board is not as exciting as I would like it to be. It is just an oval. And it seems in that sense of, I don't really know, but it seems like it's got to be similar to long the dice game where there's some kind of manipulation that you're going to be doing because the board itself isn't providing enough, whatever. Anyways, Thunder Rolls combines stock car racing actions with tiered dice placement bidding. And you know how they've been clamoring for that in stock car racing (laughs) for years. They're finally getting it. So auction, action drafting, auction bidding, and then dice and racing. I do like a racing game mm-hmm. for $85. And for what it looks like it comes with, I, I don't know. I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing the $85. I feel like, it's what, $30 of that? Just pure racing exhilaration. Is that just th-
1: why it's not pictured? Just demand from the stock car industry, I think, is at least half that. If you're going to get it, you're going to get it for $10 less at least, right? So $75, is that swaying you?
0: So $75 and a free promo. Do you think let's that promo's, promo's another is worth... twenty
1: dollars off? Because then maybe.
0: No, let's say the promo's worth ten? That's still at sixty five. There's a lot of dice in it, but they're they look to be standard dice. We all and have It looks a lot like of you pick now. a colored That's not team. a sell anymore. Yeah, it looks like you they're they kinda look like they're not Sagrada dice, but they don't not look like that. On the board it says pit stop, rubbin is racin, low line, <laughs> crew chief, high line, the groove. maybe I would see more here if I was a stock car racing fan uh but i'm happy enough to move on to navu games
1: as am i um boy you know the next this first game here yes If a game that is going to tell you absolutely nothing by its name and its cover
0: yeah it kind of looks like people often say about roll and write games where they just like all have the same cover like oh it's it's dice flying towards me great right great And this doesn't have, it doesn't have dice on it, but it just says pinpoint and it just has colors. It just has bright colors. And that's it. It is the game of clever comparisons.
1: Two extremes. One player gives a clue to help others guess a specific number. Oh, you're guessing a number. What?
0: Oh, so you're trying to pinpoint where the number is. You know what? I probably won't hate it.
1: I don't know. We'll see. I like a party game. I don't, cooperative party games seem to be like a thing on this list. And it's fine enough, but a lot of cooperative I, party games.
0: Now, what's nice about a cooperative party game, I'm going to assume, is that people can probably come and go very easily. Well,
1: that is true. That is the pro. The con is, how do you know who the losers are?
0: It's more of a community strength building, I think, oh, activity, okay. than okay. a figuring out a winner activity. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Gotcha. Um, I, I have a very... Very low need to win. Not very competitive at all. So I could be I could be way off base here. So this is the 3-in-1 party game which you must make clever use of comparisons in order to win. There are three ways to play. 1 to 100, you use a comparison of two extremes. One player gives a clue to help the others guess a specific number between 1 and 100. Then 1 to 10, the best game mode to get to know other people. There's the goal. That's how you know if you won, you grew closer. Oh. Teams of two players answer questions on a scale of 1 to 10 and win by answering the most similarly. So it's like a match game. And then least most. This is the quickest game mode to learn. You vote which person or famous character is least most likely to do something. So it's just like a conversation framework. And as someone who doesn't like small talk,
1: yes, please. Yeah, I'm just going to buy this for $25. I know I just kind of said I wouldn't, but like, you know... It seems like it's, it's selling me. I thought I was just guessing a number. I didn't like that. But fine. these other things are pretty good.
0: It seems fine. And who knows what's really in the box, like how how further it guides you than that. Right. 25 does feel like maybe that's high for what we just read. But they did give you three game modes. So if you're saying per game mode, I mean, the price is just falling. It's $8 and some change.
1: Oh, I think that's great. That's for the price of nachos at a movie theater. Yeah. Right? Can you get nachos for $8? Yeah.
0: I now that you put it in nacho terms, I might take the nachos instead.
1: (laughs) Okay, sorry, (laughs) sorry, pinpoint, (laughs) you lost out on that. So what are you gonna
0: do? Uh, So the Reckoners Steel Slayer, and this is an expansion for you guessed it, the Reckoners.
1: What a cool, I mean, Steel Slayer, very cool term. This looks like this is a Brandon Sanderson IP, per what the box says. Oh,
0: people like him.
1: People love him. And I have not read any of his 275,000
0: page books. Maybe we should should pick the same one and read it and then just say whether, you know, because then we can just make a verdict based on that book.
1: I was recently given one of Brandon Sanderson's books that is, I think, the smallest book. Because I kept saying, I refuse to read a 900 million page book. (laughs) And and apparently there is a small one. So maybe I'll send you that one and we can read the small one. Yeah.
0: Let me know. Because honestly, he had a Kickstarter and it was just like instantly all the millions of dollars. And I was like, I don't even know. If you told me my neighbor was Brandon Sanderson, I'd be like, yeah, probably. Like I have no concept of who he is.
1: I looked a picture up up of him once and I was like, yeah. That's 100% Brandon Sanderson. Right. And I just went on my day. Like, there was nothing more
0: than that. Sure so. is. Next. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, the cover looks neat. It looks like a bit sci-fi because there's one. Well, maybe it's not. I mean, of course, there's like a ghosty water demon thing happening. I'm just putting that aside. I was looking at the person who has like water jets on their feet. Right. Everyone else just has regular guns, though. I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. I guess I could read the book and find out.
1: It says post-apocalyptic? I don't know. I mean, I guess demons are showing up in the apocalypse, you know, which I guess is fine. These days.
0: Yeah. Now you... Okay, so you're operatives who are working together to assassinate supervillains in a post-apocalyptic world. It's a cooperative game. I like those. It's dice rolling. And of course, it is the expansion. So one to six players. $80 for the expansion. It says 60 to 100 minutes. And I wonder if this is... You know, sometimes it's hard to tell these days. Is this like Lightly Legacy? Or is this like... It's an expansion. Oh, it's eighty dollars. Right. There's got to be a base game. Like, how how many times is this infinite replayability that we're talking about? Or after I do it, some is that kind of it.
1: Good question. I'm not seeing. Oh, I've, I see a few images here of the figurines, which are worthy. I think
0: uh. someone maybe painted those though. I'm looking at the original Reckoners, and boy, they molded plastic for everything, and I'm not mad about it. Uh huh. Custom dice somebody was, I think, bought it and a beer, and that was their night. There's a picture of that on Board Game Geek. But yeah, it seems like lots of molded plastic to kind of hold all the tokens and pieces and things that are happening, which I appreciate. It can be a bit overbearing on your shelf when you're storing all that stuff, but it does make gameplay easier when you have a bunch of little tokens.
1: Right. It almost
0: looks like you have all the trackers for a game that you don't see.
1: Correct. Yeah, it looks like it's, from what the internet's telling me, you're getting, like, nine minis. That's it. That's all I'm saying of this game.
0: It doesn't look like you're getting a lot of minis. It looks like you're getting two versions of one of the minis because a guy like starts flying. I think that's neat. Mm -hmm. We're not helpful on this one, so we should probably keep moving. I reckon. Next move, games. This is effectively plan B games, and I don't know what the relationship is there, if they've been renamed or bought or sold or what have you. But this is the newest Azul, Queen's Garden. It's two to four players. $45 $45 MSRP, you create the perfect garden patterns for Queen Maria of Aragon. As you would. I don't know if that's a real person or not. This game's by Michael Keesling. Th- are all the Azules by him, I think? You know, it's Azul. Again, they keep making Azules, and I didn't know that's what was going to happen after the first Azul.
1: No, no. And. Can you pull up an image of this, Yeah. Kelly, because these look really small to me and maybe...
0: You mean these little hex tokens look small?
1: Yeah, are they? They
0: look regular. I think they're about the size of the Azul. Now they might be, let's say that the widest dimension of these might match the Azul and therefore since they're hexes, like the corners are kind of cut off, but they don't look overly small to me.
1: Oh, okay. Well good. I don't know that I've ever played Azul in real life. I think I've only played it online, where it's as really? big as iZoom. Yeah. Huh.
0: I mean, it's fine. I'm kind of over regular Azul. I've some people have said like the other subsequent Azuls they've liked better than the original one. I think the original one's fine. I actually played it. With a stranger on Board Game Arena, just, you know, random. You can just start a game with whoever shows up. Mm -hmm. And they made me realize that, uh, yeah, I guess I could deeply hate this game at two players if someone was going to play like that. Oh. It felt like completely spite drafting everything, and I—that is the closest I've been to just like quitting a BGA game because it was kind of like I don't have to spend my time like this. Like you don't—you don't get to <laughs> right. do this to me. Anyway, I don't know that any of the other Azules are on BGA. I think it's just the regular one. I don't think any of the other spinoffs are, including this Queen's Garden. Right. They had squares. One of them uses like a teardrop—not even a teardrop, kind of like an oblong kind of piece. Um, Another one uses, I mean, still squares, but I think they're diamonds, but they're still squares. So it kind of makes you wonder, are they just going to keep doing different shapes and just keep making Azules?
1: I think probably as long as people keep buying. Fair enough. Oh, and I did see a picture of someone's finger on the tile. So it does look like a perfectly normal sized tile.
0: Right. I see how you would say that though. Like there is something about the pictures that suggests they could be absolutely tiny. Kelly, this
1: is a fun next game because we have talked about Mm -hmm. this game before.
0: We have. We have from Northstar Games, Paint the Roses. And we haven't talked about it because we actually played it. Nope,
1: this was one of our game box games. Yes. And now it's just showing up on this Gen Con list.
0: Released this year, A Puzzling Day in Wonderland working together to outsmart the Queen of Hearts. Now I want to think that I heard a critique of this game it may be as Tom Bassel, where something about the way it kind of concludes sort of comes down to a coin flip, but I haven't played it myself. I know you can watch game plays of it online somewhat easily because I think they sent out a lot of copies to content creators and reviewers. I don't know how the mechanisms actually work together though. So yeah. it's communication limits, it's a cooperative
1: game, it's deduction.
0: In all of those together, maybe it's not super satisfying overall is what I've heard.
1: The good news is is that if you are unsure about it, you can also still get a deluxe version for $85 just to up the stakes.
0: Ooh. I definitely say watch the playthrough. And the fact that there is still a deluxe available is kind of neat, especially if you find that you it's something that you think you'll enjoy.
1: Yeah, it's ready for you.
0: Nuts! Publishing. <laughs> that was a real, like, Aaron yeah. joke. Yeah. Fitna, Global War in the Middle East, and This War Without an Enemy. Now, we've already talked about how we're not big war game people, so I can't imagine we're going to linger on this very long.
1: No, I will say this War Without an Enemy sounds like a very deep title and like yeah. the name of also a uh, subsequent documentary about mm-hmm. something tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Fitna probably means something in the war world. I don't know what it is.
0: No, so The War Without an Enemy is a struggle for political and economic control of mid 17th century England. That is specific. And Fitna is strategic war game to try to understand and simulate the situation in the Middle East. It doesn't even say that you will do either of those things. Just to try, try to understand. To it.
1: understand. There's not and a lot of simulate. board games that are like, let's just try to understand what happened over
0: yeah, there. Yeah, because boy, <laughs> it's all over the place. So those are 68 for Fitna and $72 for this war without an enemy. Fitna's two to six players and this war is 2 players two two to two two players
1: players. two to two players yeah i like that phrasing
0: and 60 to 240 minutes so just like settle in with your buddy and that's (laughs) or have doordash get your drinks together just that's your afternoon right there
1: do you know what the pike and shot mechanic is what
0: oh Oh. no no is it a war game thing oh yeah they're gay so they are games that our war games set in the early 16th century to the late 17th century. How is that?
1: Oh, it has to do with the type of weapons. It's when like oh. guns first came about, and that's how it got its name or something. Vaguely. I'm, that's a very poor summary of this.
0: Right. You know, we're. I already didn't want to talk about war games that much, but the fact that... There's an entire, it just shows how different guns were when we made up rules about guns. And let's move on to Oink Games.
1: Deep Sea Adventure. Expansion. Dice. Is is it the dice only?
0: It's just the dice, and I couldn't be more thrilled. Oink game boxes are all very small. They're like basically the size, a little thicker than like a bicycle deck of cards. Maybe two bicycle decks of cards, like standard playing card size. It's about how big the box is. And when you open it, there's still extra space inside. Right. Love it. This deep sea adventure, usually you have like a little submarine thing that has a counter on it and it has all of these different little cardboard tiles that you just lay out free form in a snake. So you can play it on just whatever kind of table, whatever shape you have in between the plates and whatever else you're doing, that's your board. I think that's excellent. And you have little meeple type wooden characters that are going down, trying to pick up treasure and make their way back up. And the what makes that difficult is that you all have a shared oxygen tank as you go deeper and people are trying to get back up, that oxygen's depleting, you're trying to get back up with your treasure, and ultimately score the most, and you don't know how much treasure it's hidden. So it could be between a range of values when you pick it up. These dice look to just be multiplier dice. So you just have different you just have different dice. Hmm. And this expansion die increases drama and enhances interaction between players. I can't imagine it's gonna be more than a few dollars. It is literally two D6s. But it doesn't have a price.
1: Oh, it does not, does it? I, I do like this. As an expansion, if more games just messed with the math a little bit of their yeah. game, it was just like, yeah, yeah, you know what? What if there's two twos? No, five. Yeah, Have fun.
0: Yeah, see what happens. See what yeah. happens. Get out there. Right. Oh, love it. I think I might get a few oint games. Now, that is the only oint game we have, Deep Sea Adventure, that I personally have. Jason had, or at least once had, A Fake Artist Goes to New York. That's another Oink game where you're all trying to draw a picture and you all know what it is except for one person. And that one person is trying to also draw that picture Super and not cool. have you know that's what's going on. Now, that is not what one, one of the games they have listed this time. The next one up for Oink games is The Diamond Swap burglars replace a diamond with a fake. Can security see through the deception? Maybe a similar thing to fake artists. There's a little bit of deception. You do need at least three players. $23. Hidden rolls, memory, bluffing, deduction. Speaking of hidden rolls and bluffing, no pun included, just had a really good, very long video about Blood on the Clock Tower and Werewolf and kind of this idea of those kind of games and what they mean for Gosh, Interpersonal Relationships and Society. Because they oh. do some heavy board game theme stuff. It's an hour long. Wow. But it is really interesting. So, just mentioning that here, along with this hidden and roll bluffing, memory-deduction game.
1: Order Overload Cafe. Uh, this is mm-hmm. English slash Japanese edition. I only see the Japanese characters on the images, but... Remembering drink orders. Place your coffee shop. Or... You lose your job. <laughs> the cards have things like ice latte. You know what? I just read it. So clearly there is English on there. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: And this just a cooperative memory game. I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah. It's cards. Um, and some sort of order. Like some numbers. I think you have to probably do things in. Yeah. Seems fine.
0: Seems fine. Uh, yeah. I'm. I would like to try. They're uh, like oint game fanatics that really like get all of them. You can see, you know, their shelf and all these little boxes in it. I think I'd like to get a little more into them as we will play games at coffee shops a lot. They're always going to be somewhat of a small footprint because of the box they come in. So yeah, this year might be point game year. One of them that I definitely would like to get is Scout. It's two to five players, $23, 15 minute playtime, and you poach your opponents, artists, and outdo each other's circus shows. I don't think you're really doing that. I think it's some kind of just card ladder climbing card
1: game. Well, that makes sense because you were wanting to get order overload for like going to coffee shops, and you've been looking for a game to take to more circuses lately. So this would be a good right. one to take there.
0: Right. Because usually after the coffee shop, where else would we go?
1: Off to the circus.
0: But, um, and it says that it's currently out of stock in the U.S., but Oint Games plans to bring a supply to Gen Con, which to me sounds like maybe go there first. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows how many they'll have. They're small, so it feels like you could bring quite a few. But the last one they've listed so far that they're bringing is Town 66. That's one to four players, 15 minutes, $23. Very similar play times and costs for all of these. And in this one, you build houses for selfish citizens (laughs) and empty your hand of house plants.
1: I don't even know what the message is there. But like selfish citizens who want a house and a place to live.
0: Yeah, empty your hand of house plants. I don't know how or why you're doing both. It's ve- the cards are like very simple iconography, which I think is also an Oink Games uh, kind of trademark.
1: Oh yeah, very solid uh, colored shapes and work mm-hmm. like lettering that looks like said solid color shapes.
0: They have like a picture of a grid of cards. It looks like this game could be literally anything. It could be literally <laughs> any of the games that we've described so far because it is just very it's abstract, it's colors. You can tell there are differences and similarities and it's like yeah, this could this could be any of 10 different games. Hard to say.
1: Yeah. That's oint games.
0: Yeah, that's, that's oint games and the last one that we're going to do on this episode is the op. I don't think you say the OP. It's USA Oh. Okay.
1: But they're and it's mostly like IP stuff, right?
0: They do a lot of IP stuff, but not only IP stuff. Um, but first up is Disney Sorcerer's Arena. And I think that was a phone game. Honestly, it looks mostly like Kingdom Hearts to me, without the Square Enix in it. It looks mm. like, you know, Disney people like fighting. Right. So this is the Epic Alliance's core set. It also, to me seems like it could have a uh, unmatched kind of vibe because you have cards you have a map you have teams it's oh, 1v1 yeah. it looks like so it it seems like it could be that same thing and i think just like it says two to four players i think unmatched also lets you play on teams maybe so very much seems like that's the deal where this core box is going to come with a set number of Characters you're familiar with, and then you'll be able to buy expansions such as the Turning the Tide expansion, which will be available at Gen Con, and that looks like it has Stitch and uh, Moana and someone from Oh, old Captain Tentacle Face. Yeah, what's his name? Yes, I doubt that is it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Davy
1: Jones. Yep, yeah, that's I was so close, Tentacle Face. Davy yeah,
0: Jones. but it's cute how they kind of like. I like that they're pairing it thematically like, oh, these are all like water ocean kind of characters and you're getting those together.
1: Oh, for sure. And, you know, there's just going to be a whole gaggle of those probably coming out with all the different. How could you not
0: make a thousand? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So in the let's see if we can find out who comes in the base game here. It looks like Aladdin. What's the guy from Monsters, Inc., the big blue furry one? That guy? So, Scully, I think. Scully. Let's go with it. Air. Uh, Ariel. Um. Who else do we have here? I don't know that I actually recognize all these people. Demona? Mickey? Is that Mickey in front? You see Mickey? Oh, okay, yeah, I see Mickey. Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey. Maleficent. Um, who is Dr. Facilier?
1: Uh, that's Princess and the Frog, right?
0: Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen that.
1: Oh. That's uh, the skull and crossbone yes. hat guy.
0: That's exactly yeah. what's on his hat. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, seems like a good time. Seems like a good time. And like we said, how could they not make a thousand different expansions for it? The main game is $50. The expansion is 30 which honestly feels a little high knowing they're going to make. I, I, how could they not make 10 more? Right. Feels a little high to keep adding $30, three, every character's $10. Oof. I don't know. Marvel Dice Throne. So Dice Throne, already a thing. And now I think it's just being themed with Marvel because people cannot get enough Marvel.
1: Oh, and they can't. And I just realized the pun. And I've seen Dice Throne a lot. I didn't realize it was like throwing dice, like dice that have been thrown, right? Like that's the...
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, it's I good.
0: I never thought of that. Uh, sure. Like T H R O W,
1: right? Yeah, like yeah, because 'cause you're just oh. always throwing dice to uh, yeah. I, I I've seen it. I just haven't said it out loud till you said it. and I was like, oh, okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, I think the original one. I feel like it had a picture of a chair. So I just I took it. I just took it as throne. Regular old maybe it is. King's maybe this throne. is just a,
1: a bonus little benefit life gives us every once in a while, yeah. right? Just sprinkles in a little yeah. magic.
0: It, it feels, now that you say it, it seems like that is that is what you're doing. Um, so there is a, I'm guessing, initial set. It's certainly the biggest one that has Scarlet Witch, Thor, Loki, and Spider-Man. That's $40. Then we have Captain Marvel and Black Panther for $30. And then we have Black Widow and Doctor Strange also for $30. They're all, it's competitive or team-based dice-rolling combat game. Again, it also feels—I don't know if I'm right in saying unmatched—really first for this. But this idea of you can play against somebody else, you can buy a bunch of expansions, mm-hmm. and use effectively the same system to just keep uh, like iterating, keep having different
1: variations on that same system. Would do you think? What was it? Uh, Smash Up. Were they kind of the original ones to do that? Just a bunch of expansions of different. You types did have decks? a lot
0: of expansions. It was more card-based, and it wasn't, like, uh, t- 1v1.
1: That's true, because you played with several people, but yeah, fair point.
0: Yeah, but they do let you just keep adding things in. Those had locations, you know? Like, you would have to, like, break the location, and then you can move cards around. So I think that one was very heavily card-based. And even uh, unmatched, you have decks of cards. It's not that it isn't card-based, but it's not the effects aren't like smash up because it's kind of like it's in your hand and either you can play it or you can't it is war what it feels like and smash up is like i'm going to put this over here and that over there because mm. you're taking these two different things together into the same hand gotcha. for these i don't i don't know how the teams work if those like ever interplay between one another but i think for the most part each set is kind of its own its own little thing
1: uh, okay 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 hmm well, yeah. for 40 obviously getting four characters seems like a bargain compared to yes. 30 for two.
0: Yeah, and I kind of, I don't know how the prices on these overall compare to just the regular Dice Throne. Like, mm. yeah, yes, no it's clue. the fun of playing with the superhero, but I think the, I think Dice Throne recently had like a, maybe not a, actually a new set. I don't know if it was new releases or something, but I feel like it kind of. Had some kind of releases not that long ago, and it says it does integrate with Dice Throne. Dice Throne came out in 2018, and has, I believe, a good number of expansions.
1: But Marvel characters are fun. Plays a superhero seems like a blast. Why wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, yeah. And the original one, I don't think they had any kind of license. I think it was just generic sorts of characters that they invented.
1: Right, right. So, so yeah. you could like show and be like, "I'll be the octopus." And you're like, "I'm Thor." You're like, "Okay, well, yeah, I guess I I'll like try I've to be got the octopus this feeling
0: okay. <laughs> Yeah, that you're going to have a slight advantage as Thor. <laughs> right. Um so, moving on to mountains out of molehills. This one, you got to look at a picture of this game because when you hear the title, it's like a phrase, an English phrase, so you make mountains out of molehills, which is just you kind of make too much of something. Um you make it bigger than what it really is. I think that was just a fun, catchy, familiar title. However, this is like a 3D board situation where there's like two levels to the board. Holly was one that was uh, around at Floodgate Games booth last year. And it also has like a multi-level board. So you're like moles that are moving around underneath. And then that is like causing changes in the pieces that are stacked on the next level up. And that's the game. So it looks... It looks interesting on the table. I always wonder about things like this. Like, how well do they set up and tear down? And how kind of sturdy are they as you actually play? Like, how easy is it to just knock everything over
1: accidentally? It looks like it could be easily knocked over. But maybe that's not true. I have not tested this in person. Um, It's it's interesting. The character pieces are interesting. It's like an animated cell because it's like a clear token. Yeah, like it's like acrylic. It. So the oh, Disney
0: God. Sorcerer's Arena pieces look the same as this, where it's like it's like a standee, but they printed it on acrylic instead of it just being like a little cardboard thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it looks nice.
1: Yeah, no, I don't dislike it. It's just it just draws the eye in. I'm just staring at this mm-hmm. piece.
0: Yeah, and the little pieces you put on top are like plastic that stack on top of they stack up.
1: That's what I worry about, how well they hold up. But maybe you're not stacking them that high either.
0: Right, But you're and you're putting it on that other level. So I think just the idea, if you have to be interacting with those things, to not knock them over on this top level, to not right. uh, knock the whole thing. You know, I'm sure it's fine. It's not like we're, I don't know, we're not roughhousing next to the game in the first place. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So we don't know that it's really like a big concern. True. Uh, but you see something like that and you just kind of wonder do I really need it above this or like, will I end up just putting this next to it on the table?
1: Right. Yeah. And just know that it's two different levels. Yeah.
0: Right. Um, it's two to four players. It's $40. And it says moles have traveled from all over to compete in the annual mountain maker tournament. And that's precious. It's pretty cute. And we were just talking about smash up. They have smash up Disney edition, because I guess they are on board with Disney and they are printing games. Uh, so fan-favorite Disney factions join the smash-up fray.
1: Okay. It looks like a whole bunch of Disney characters on there, too. So you must be just getting a... I
0: think that's good. Yeah. That it's in just like a box, not an unknown, never-ending quantity of boxes.
1: Yeah, you choose two from Frozen, Big Hero 6, Wreck-It Ralph, The Lion King, Mulan, Aladdin, The Nightmare Before Christmas, and Beauty and the Beast. So big names in there.
0: I I like it and have that many in one box. Uh-huh. And I'm guessing then you could take, I'm guessing you would take any one of those and put it with any one of the other smash-ups so you could have the Lion King Pirates. Oh, I would think whatever. so. Or whatever. Yeah. Or the Aladdin Aliens. Because I, I think those are some of like the types of generic heroes that the others or generic categories that the other games have. And They've made a lot of those. A lot, They've made yeah. a lot of smash-ups. We kind of, we had Smash Up for a little bit and we just never, it never really clicked with us. And mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing where you feel like if it doesn't click, it's almost not worth it because so much of the value seems to be that you can keep buying other sets and have this, all this replayability. But if you're not interested in playing it, then that's not helpful.
1: No, not a bit. But it is, yeah. If you have like a, a kid or a friend that's really into that, and like, yeah, just every year, that's what I'm getting you. Like, that's your gift forever. Yeah. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Easy, easy shopping. And you know,
0: this actually, this has a the OP on it, but it also, the front of the box also has AEG, which is just a different, is it AEG make Smash Up otherwise? I don't know what's going on there, but hmm. probably not super important. The last one for today and for the OP, the op, is Venn.
1: Like the diagram.
0: So you place Absurdist cards in a Venn diagram to give clues to your teammates. I don't know what absurdist cards mean oh it's a team-based party game
1: Uh, a man uh, a man with a bullseye shirt and a whale behind him and an elevator window and some rocks like that's one of them
0: i still don't get what this game is
1: yeah i don't know what you're trying to guess can you communicate wing galaxy and animal only using abstract images i don't know
0: so I have words and I also have pictures and I'm trying to use the Venn diagram
1: to yeah you put these pictures out these weird pictures to get them to guess are words. Weird pictures. I don't I don't know.
0: I don't think so. The pictures, the front cover of the box to me implied that there was going to be a very classic, streamlined, refined sort of thing within. And those are the three words that absolutely do not describe the cards.
1: I understand this game now. Okay. Okay, so if you look at the back of the box, do you see that? Yeah, uh-huh. So you see how, like, wing, the red and the very middle have a wing. So you're looking for, like, the connective parts between those two photos.
0: Oh. And then
1: the astronaut and the middle one are both galaxies. So you're trying to lay photos out in a way to make enough connections So someone looking at it can see what's common.
0: Right, but the back of the box also shows animal. And I could have said animal because (laughs) there's a picture of an eagle with uh, some kites around it. Okay, sure, it has wings. Mm -hmm. The other picture in the center that has wings is a telescope with wings and flamingo legs. And then there's two dog scientists. Sure. Like, just to get at how wacky these pictures are. Oh, yeah. So I think... It has 200 works of surreal art. I don't think I'm interested.
1: I think calling it art's a bit ambitious. Like, just why can't it just be weirdo pictures? I think it would just be a little more accurate to what's going on here.
0: Pictures does feel more accurate than art. What is art, though? Maybe this is somebody's life's work.
1: Right. You know what? Yes. I don't mean to besmirch the good name of whoever's out there doing dog scientist photo shoots. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, but it is surreal was a good word to use. I do not care for the art. It I mean, it has kind of like a codename's pictures esque feel.
1: Right. I think it's like if Dixit wasn't pleasant or fun enough for you, play Ven.
0: <laughs> now I don't like Dixit. I know. So maybe it follows that I I also don't like Ven. Maybe I'm just like not interested in communicating about pictures with people in this sort of, in this way.
1: It could be, because that's all you're doing, so it would make sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that is the end of this episode. I think that we are, gosh, I want to say that we're tracking faster than expected.
1: Mm-hmm, I but think boy, so.
0: Boy, games keep getting added, so it makes it difficult, and if I'm looking at the scroll bar on the side... I think we're approaching halfway. I think oh. we're a little past halfway. What's
1: My scroll bar looks like we're two-thirds done, so I don't know what oh, this scroll bar difference is.
0: Two-thirds? I mean, three-fifths. Thank you so much for listening to episode 59. This is episode seven of probably 11 total Gen Con preview episodes. Yes, that is too many. We get that now. Nevertheless, we got ourselves into this mess and we're 63.64% of the way out of it. We've enjoyed seeing all the games and it's crazy to think that everything we're covering is really just a fraction of all that will be happening at Gen Con. The next episode will be, you guessed it, more of the Gen Con preview unless you're listening to these in reverse, in which case you have 58 more episodes headed your way. The next one being, gosh, you guessed it, previous Gen Con previews. This is the same story until at least episode 63. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today.